Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey there, Emily. Hi, Michelle. You know, this week is definitely a very special bonus episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled to be doing this. What an honor it is for us to be at the Women's TEDx event here in St. Louis. I know, it was just perfect. It was a lovely day. The conversations were fabulous. And Mish Hancock set us up in our own room so that we could talk to various guests of the event and who were there for the party as speakers or as participants or attendees. And we talked to quite a few. Amazing women. And we have been working over the past few months Mm -hmm. to pull together the highlights of our conversations. And so today's bonus episode is that uh, result of that effort. Our first guest that we talked to is Amy Wagon Connect. And what are some of the things that really resonated with you? Oh my gosh. Well, when she said, stop doubting yourself, mm-hmm. you know, she was talking about having gone through this feeling stuck and, and, you know, having this very comfortable life, but being unfulfilled. That really struck a chord with me because, uh, you know, we've talked about on previous episodes, I have a very personal, real alignment with that. And so not only did she talk about her experience with that, but what she did to then help empower others through it. And I was just... mm. Oh my gosh, this is a powerful woman. Well, let's go ahead and have a listen to that interview. Sounds great. So I'm a life coach and what I specialize in is working with women who feel completely stuck. Like Mm -hmm. they are, they know they need to do something. Maybe they've read like all the self-help books, but they're just not taking action. Yeah. Because that's where I was about a year ago. And I just felt completely stuck where I was and I knew I needed to make a change. Um, And then once I did that, I realized, oh my gosh, like every woman needs to feel the way I'm feeling right now. What resonated with me about your story when we were talking out there um, in the party was you were talking about disrupting your life. You know, you you had had a career that you were in, you were a teacher for how many years? For five years. And decided that it just, you, you were stifled. And so you completely walked away from security and comfort and dove into the deep end. And yes. here you are. It, so that is a that's definitely something that I know all of us can yeah. resonate with. And uh, well, so take us to the very first day that you, you know, when you woke up that first morning, you weren't you weren't going to go to the classroom. You were starting your your career as a life coach. What what feelings did you have? Okay, so that first day and the days before that, of course, like it's scary. I mean, I was scared shitless. Yeah. But I also knew I had to choose my heart, right? Was I going to stay stuck where I was and be miserable and make that hard? Or was I going to choose the other hard, which is doing something completely different and off the charts, you know, and go that way? Like, which hard was I going to choose? Yeah. So, and every day since then, is it get is still scary? Is it, or does it end up being more like, you know, the fear is going away because... Because you are impacting people. You are making a difference. You are changing lives. So the fear has gone away completely, like 100%. I mean, you because 
now I'm in my groove and I, I wake up excited. Like it is pure like excitement because I'm like, oh my God, I get to freaking live this life. Yeah. Like I get to do this. Are you kidding me? Like it is, <laughs> it is one of those where I'm like, oh my God, I like, yeah. Pinch me. That's how Michelle and I feel with our show. Like we oh, love that we get to talk to all these amazing women and yeah. it's like we, we tell wake the up stories. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is this it's is our fantastic. life. It's so rewarding. It's um we have we haven't even scratched the surface on all the amazing women we have here in St. Louis and we're just mm-hmm. so blessed to be able to talk to them and share their stories. I was curious if you had like one what's what's a, one recurring theme that you find with your female clients that if that we all seem to uh, trip ourselves over. You know, if you can say, just stop doing that, what would you say to somebody? I would say, stop doubting yourself. Right? So we all have the answers in us. Like, every single woman has all the answers that they need. They just need to trust themselves. Mm-hmm. Let that intuition shine. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And once that trust comes, it all falls into place. Yeah. Oh, that was great. This just gives me chills every time. So our second guest that we talked to, our second woman, Christine Baldwin. And I remember she was like, oh, you guys don't want to talk to me. Oh, I know. But we knew. We could tell. Like, we yeah. saw, like, oh, there is a spark in here. She was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm boring. I'm boring. You don't yeah. want to talk to me. And we were like, no, come over. Sit down. No, Let's we want to talk to you. <laughs> and wow, what, what a, uh, you know, revelation when she started talking about oh, everything gosh. that she's got going on. When she said life is a riot. Well, she meant it. She totally. totally meant it. And she talked about how if you don't have your family supporting you, that you don't thrive. And she mm-hmm. had some really great insights for what it's been like for her and her family expanding through adopting their foster children. And it's quite meaningful. And I, I think it's really good if we just take a moment here and, and let's uh, let's listen to this conversation. I'm looking yeah, forward yeah, to exactly. it. It's yeah. been a wild ride. Has it yeah, been? it has been. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like what the what's the top and then what's the bottom so far for you. Fifteen years in the army as a Korean linguist. Oh Get my god! Then I became a special education teacher. Wow. Uh, Miss, I'm boring. I think we not. just last weekend it was National Adoption Day, and my husband and I just adopted three of. We have six kids now. Three were foster kids for three years. It takes forever. It's a jacked up system. Oh well, we got three, and we have three, and life is a. It's a riot, and I drink a lot of wine, but I do yes. it at home. Yeah, well, because somebody has to say, "Clean up your room," like that when you're drinking. So, how old are your kids then? They're young, and we're old. I'm 51. My husband's 61, and our youngest foster child is seven. So, my husband will be 70 when he graduates from high school. Wow. But wow, when you don't have this, when you don't have a family, when you don't have a team. You don't thrive the same. Yes, yes. So we were like, hey. So and, and are the children that you've uh, adopted, are they from the St. Louis area or are they from other areas? They are from the Waterloo, Illinois. They're okay, not so from Illinois. Illinois. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, that is the St. Louis yes. region yeah, for I the people so. that aren't yeah. familiar with yes. our, there are listeners who yes. aren't familiar. But uh, Waterloo, Illinois, it would be within the 18 counties, right. St. Louis MSA. The suburbs. That's going to make the holidays really special coming up with this new big family. And, the, and, your, and your biological children just welcome them. Hat, Arms open, yeah. very easy. Yes, but this is what I would say to people. Foster kids always want to go back to their birth family. No matter sure. how awful, ugly, awful, this there is so much attached to that. So there's happiness in this adoption, but there's also some sadness and finality. That yeah. means they're not. So 
but yes, it's exciting because I feel like now we can all, we all have the same team jerseys, so to speak. Right. But they right. have access to their birth parents. That's never yeah, that an will issue. never be a problem. No. Ever, like, you know, no. No. That's, so. I mean, how wonderful. I mean, were you, cool. were, were you a part of a big family growing up yourself? No. Or? No. I was kind of part of a very dysfunctional family. And I think I thought we we're going to try this a little differently. And, and so, sense. yeah. Because you know what that's like when you yeah. don't have that support. So. Yeah. But that's, yeah. But I have an amazing support system. I have great friends. And I have... I have a, I'm grateful for my I am grateful for my life. Yes, yes. Yeah. As most as most women that we are meeting here today yeah. at the TEDx event it's a very are, common thread. are we're all grateful. We're to grateful have the luxury here. to come here and drink Bloody Marys at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like that's kick ass. Yeah. Right yeah. Like who does that? Well we do. We I mean, do we here. Do. I'm clearly <laughs> speaking the podcast. We yes. do. It's really important, you know, about thriving in life. It's important to have the people around you. That's just a great conversation with Christine Baldwin. Now, our, our next guest that we spoke to on our highlight reel, like Sports mm-hmm. Center, right? <laughs> right. Our highlight reel um, is Robbie Walls. And I really taken by some of the things she said about empowering women and helping mm-hmm. them um, through public speaking courses and, and modules. And I mean, what was something that you took away from that? She is someone who really speaks to the core of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And every other thing that I have on the peripheral, you know, sideline, it's all about this women's circle and bringing voice to women and empowering them. And I love how she she's like, there's a reason why we need to do this. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to be a woman, was what she said. And I was like... Yes, it does. <laughs> and to be a woman that stands up and is there and, and then lifts and supports other women. And that's what this conversation just, it felt so relevant to me. Perfect. Let's listen to what Robbie has to say. One thing that I thought was really cool when we first met, you were telling me that you're starting a women's circle to help other women learn how to become public speakers, which yes. I said, obviously it's a great alignment with where we are. Yes. So I'm curious... What is your TED Talk? So my TED Talk would be around empowerment and it would be around courage. So it takes a lot of courage to be a woman and to step out and be bold, to just um, be yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so when you were creating your Women Speaks organization, Mm -hmm. what compelled you to go down this path? I mean, to pick out that aspect for women to help them with public speaking. What was it that made you choose that? Well, a lot of women that I come across have low self-esteem or confidence. So they don't have the confidence. And you need the confidence to be have courage and to be bold. That's what, And this place right here, this platform, is an amazing place where women can actually be who they are, show their why, and actually tell how they're doing with their why. Was yeah. that something yeah. that um, has been a journey for you to understand? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was very shy and I didn't like to come out. But in the inside of me, I'm very bold too. So yeah. now I just kind of execute everything. I just yeah. I just do it. Yeah. Without questions. Without questions. Yes. You know, when women are, um, are have low, low self-esteem or insecurity, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it comes from like a really, really like maybe some kind of childhood or yes. like how... How have you found working with them that you've been able to release them from what was holding them back? Yes. So we go through, it's a 16-month program. Wow. Yes, 16 months. And the women come 
on either Tuesday or, or Wednesday, and we actually go through a whole module. So okay. it's a module, a, a curriculum that's set in place to help you build the confidence, help you build the boldness, and help you to also just to be free. Yeah. So this is yeah. a very, very safe environment where we talk about a lot of important things. I bet there are some tears that happen. A lot of tears. Yeah. Tears happen. Yeah, but tears that releases happen. them, right? And that releases them. Yeah. That's where the freedom comes that, from. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, and I always tell, no apologies. Just be who you are. This is a, a very safe environment, and that's and that's what we. Talk. And that's how we feel about it on our podcast. You know, yes. it's like no apologies. No apologies. We had tears on the show. Yes. We had laughter on the show, but yeah. it's definitely a safe environment. We always want our listeners to feel that they're right there at the table with us, yes. and um, and I think it's great when we can introduce them to uh, movers and shakers and yeah. women in our community that are are, are doing great things great and things. and avenues mm -hmm. uh, for them for they for them to also take advantage of. Yes. So our next guest is quite special to the Women's TEDx event and TEDx Gateway in total, uh, the daughter of Mish Hancock, Mickey Hancock. That's right. And uh, what a delightful young woman. Oh, my gosh. So Mickey, of course, is the daughter of Mish, who was on our very first episode of Clitorally Speaking, the podcast. Yes. Incredible woman. I love this segment for so many reasons. One, because it exploits some of the child labor that's been involved with TEDx. Well, I don't know. We're not going to quite go there about, yeah, we're not going to bring the authorities oh, down. Because right, right. sometimes, you know, as parents, as mothers who are active and, and creating their own little projects out there, you know, the best people to do the work are your own children because they know exactly what you what mean you need. and what you need versus well, like, you know, employees. And, you know, how cool that Mickey has gotten exposure to movers and shakers and people that have big ideas and are making change happen in St. Louis. And what's so cool is that that influence has definitely inspired Mickey. And she is an incredible young woman that has had the opportunity to be around influential people. Yeah, and and she herself is on her path. As she articulates a vision for St. Louis TEDx that's really quite remarkable. Let's have a listen here that you've actually been working the TEDx event since you were just a kid. Oh yes, old. eight years old, ever since I started. But um, it was like right when they all got it up and running and it was like, I think it was at the Two Hill was the first one. And it's crazy to see how much it's grown, especially like growing with it and all that. It's awesome. It's really turned into something huge. So being around the TEDx culture for the bulk of your life, mm -hmm. um, have you often um, dreamt of yourself being on the TED stage one day? Not really on the TED stage, but definitely have dreamt of staying with it like my mom has and keeping with all of the events and all of that because it's, I mean, it's really awesome. It totally changes your point of view on things you never thought it would change your point of view on, so I love it. And you get to meet such incredible, I know, amazing people. I always people. have cool friends now. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I know her. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that really stick out in your memory over all these years that you've been doing it that you would say, oh... This is one of my favorite memories. Well, like I was talking about earlier, I don't know why this one sticks out the most, but I mean, it was the first year we ever started, and Steve tells me there's like, there's just a little X on the TEDx sitting on the stage. It looks completely fine, and I'm just a little kid. He's like, Mickey, you gotta go up there, you gotta fix that X. We gotta, we gotta get it ready. We have a full house. It's the first TEDx ever, and I'm just this little eight-year-old girl walking on stage, just 
stage fright to the max looking at everyone so and I'm literally were, just like wiggling the X. <laughs> I'm just like, looks great. <laughs> and I get off the stage and you know all these people were like, whose kid is up on the stage? Who are they going to listen to? Right. What, what's the eight-year-old's 10X like, talk Attention. about? <laughs> but um, I don't know why, but I always think of that. And since then, I've never had to go on the stage in front of a bunch of people again. Okay. But if oh, I were, I, I know I could fix that X just right. I, I saw you on stage um, oh, earlier this year. You yes. had to move the carpet. You did have, yes, carpet. I had to move. See, they make yeah. me do all these jobs. What is it about that? I mean, I think they just want me to have really important parts in this. So, you know, whenever <laughs> I'm writing out my college resume, I'm like, I've moved the X on the TEDx stage. I'm also professional red dot mover on the TEDx stage. So, you know, we'll so see what you come. So, if you give me a red carpet, I can handle that. Yes. I can, like, oh. I, I can roll it up. I can roll it out. I can shift it left, right. Yes. I'm your girl, right? I think I perform quite well with the red carpet. So, <laughs> well, I think I do good. I think they, what it is is these are all jobs tied to a Aesthetics, right. which clearly is something that you're passionate about. Yes. So yes. I can definitely see why they entrust you with such important things. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's probably a big part of it. But um, I also was on stage whenever we did the games for the little walk of fame we have in St. Louis. I didn't know half of them because I wasn't even born for most of them, but <laughs> I threw some good guesses out there. Yeah. So. so what are your hopes for the TEDx uh, organization, TEDx Women's Event, um, and here in St. Louis. What kind of hopes do, do you have for I'm that? I'm just hoping that, well, not for just women, too, for men and women. I'm just hoping that we can gain outreach and get, you know, more vocal voice points and more notice to all the great, empowering women we have here in St. Louis that most people don't know about. And uh, I think it should be exciting for all life forms to come. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so yeah. much for sitting down thank and talking with us today. Thank you, Mickey. That was fabulous. Our final mm -hmm. guest of the highlight reel is Sharon Dean. And Sharon was a TEDx speaker the year prior. And her topic was One Health. You know, she works at the zoo. Her focus is on how the health of animals and our ecosystem and, and human health are all intertwined. Mm -hmm. I found her fascinating. Yeah, it's really important because we're in this age where some people don't believe that our environmental warnings are an issue. And despite what you believe about that, her talk really brings to the point that regardless of your viewpoint, this matters to your health and here's why. Yeah. And so, you know, this is kind of a message of, I don't care what your political belief is or where you are on this. You should care about this no matter what. And she does an excellent job of explaining that. Yeah. And her quote of extinction lasts forever, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's final. It's, right. it's, it's sobering and mm -hmm. um, it's a warning. It's uh, not Jurassic Park here. You yeah. know, we're not, we're not, we're not revitalizing, no, I mean, you know, when, yeah. when it's gone, it's gone. Right. And so I know that we're prefacing this and it sounds very, very down, but in truth, our conversation was just powerful, insightful, incredible. What an amazing woman. The work that she's doing is tremendous. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's listen to this conversation. So I was so thrilled to have been invited to do a TEDx talk here, and it, the, the concept, the idea that I shared is how interrelated the health of human and non-human animals and the environment is. 
Okay, so like like taking the like when we learn in school about the ecosystem, but like understanding that our health is impacted by it, completely that... dependent on it. So okay. you, oh, wow. you need clean water. I need clean water. Polar bears need clean water. Climate change issues and the impact it may have both on our family's health. Yeah. as well as the health of the animals that share the planet with us. So just all these ideas of how how dependent homo sapiens, humans are, on all other living forms. And well, think about the bees, right? That's a perfect example the of perfect. where environment and our existence is dependent on their survival. Exactly, and bees are in trouble right now, right. whether they're commercial bees or wild bees, right. and bees pollinate, right? So right. we just had lunch. One out of three bites I just had, I have to thank a bee because yeah. they pollinated the food for me. So when you, yeah. you know, there, there's a faction of the world that doesn't agree with these ideas of climate change and the impact. Well, how do you, how can you, or how can we yeah. Um, yeah. better explain it right. so that we can, that they actually do understand the impact, you yeah. know, I mean. It's a beautiful question. It's okay. a great question. And, and one thing I would say is that faction every day gets smaller and smaller. Right. As we all see some of these impacts, whether you live in Houston or California or here in Missouri, we're seeing how climate change is changing some of the uh, environments where we live. Right. So I think the, the, the sort of deniers are less so. But to answer your question, I think instead of just talking about stats and facts is really to put it in the context of stories. Because okay. I think all of us know somebody who either dealt is dealing with a wildfire in California right yeah, now true. or yeah. is thinking yeah. about their favorite food is no longer being produced yeah. because of changes in the environment where we produce those foods. Yeah, and then I and and then to have people understand that we we can impact, we can stop this, we can stem this tide if we make changes and do things now, versus waiting five years. You know, like like I, you know, when my kids are saying, "Well, mom, you know, today is the day we have to make right. these changes," because then you know, yeah, it'll be too late. It'll be too like, late. Once it's too late, you can't resurrect that. Yeah, right. We can't, right? You know, once bees are extinct, or we right. wouldn't be able to resurrect. Them. Extinction is forever. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. but I do think, it, and it's interesting you mentioned kids, you know, people see this and the young young folks really see it, and I think we can take action. So the, the, the best thing about One Health for me is yeah. this fact that it's not about doom and gloom, it's about solutions. Perfect. And it's about bringing all these disciplines together, whether you're a journalist or a, you know, a media specialist or a scientist like me, bringing all those disciplines together to say, how do we start looking at these challenges and coming up with the solutions? And I know that there are just like little tiny, easy things that people can do every single day that will make an impact. What would you say to somebody who's listening to our show, listening to you talk right now, and didn't have a chance to, to listen to your TED Talk, which is probably on YouTube. It sure it's is. on YouTube. Yes, be, it is. Be That's sure to look for it. Um, yeah. What would you say to them? Like, what one little thing, what little, one little change that you can make, even if you don't have a lot of money, or you, you know, you don't live yeah. in, you know, in the 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 ideal environment. Um, what can you do to make? One, one, one little thing you could do differently. Great question. So I believe in the power of one. So I think you choose that one thing that you have the passion to do. So whether that's, I'm not going to have a single-use plastic today. I'm not going to purchase uh, 
some kind of product that comes from, let's say, palm oil, unsustainable palm oil. I'm not going to drive my car today because I actually work only a mile from where I live, so I'm going to ride my bike. So you choose that one okay. thing right. and don't like change everything and say, oh my gosh, I can't change everything because then I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So you pick that one thing and, and, and you do it, right? Yeah. And I do think that the, in this age of challenges, right, these health challenges that we're all facing, that sometimes people get paralyzed and say, oh my gosh, I can't do it all. Right. Don't do it all. Just do that one thing, find it, and do it. I feel that same way when it's time to clean my house. Right. It's exactly. like, oh my God, I just can't do it all. And I lean back and it's like, what am I going to do? Yeah. But you know, if I say, oh, I think I'll just clean off my coffee table. Exactly. And, then, and it's something small like that. So, exactly. if you, if, so if you approach, there's so many opportunities that you can make change, but if you just start with one yeah. that you can control, Right. Then you're making a better impact for your own life and the lives around you, and the animals, and the and the birds, and the, you know, and everything around you. It's it, it, so exactly. it's so empowering. You know? It is amazing the difference that one change can make and that avalanching effect of that. But then there's also it's like once you bring that one change into practice, you know, once that becomes just so rote, it it may not be so difficult to go. Well, what's my next one thing? Right. Exactly. Right. There you go. Yeah, right. right. And then they do add up. And and a lot of times when we, let's say, for example, the bike or walking to work, suddenly you're, you're noticing, oh my gosh, I feel better in the morning. Right. Or I lost those two pounds I wanted to lose. Or, you know, those additive good effects. And you're like, right. this is actually a good thing for me. And it's not right. a challenge then. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and yeah. it's nice to have the, um, I'm glad that the, the younger generation is vocal about it. And I'm yeah. glad that they're pushing for yeah. us to be aware and to make those changes because I know yeah. we owe it to them. You know, we've, we've had it. We've had a good. We've had a good run, right? We've had a good, we've run. Had a good run here, and uh, we don't want to be the ones that uh, cause Mother Earth to just reset because she will. She will. She, will reset. Reset. she definitely will. <laughs> she will. And, and and we as a species are very smart, right? That's why there's almost eight billion of us. Yeah. So we have created these challenges, these these impacts. We have the power to actually reverse that. Like you said, you know, it is not at the stage where it's irreversible now. We have time, but we have to come together to start using, you know, yeah. the, the brain power we have to, right. to make those changes. You know, I think Sharon is absolutely right. If you just do one small thing different every day, you know, like she said, you don't have to take on everything. Right. You find this one small difference you can make, whether it's uh, you're going to use nothing today that is of plastic. Right. Um, you're not going to get more plastic bags, you know, just mm -hmm. like little things that you can do. Gives you a little sense of control. One effort at a time. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's every little thing you can do makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was a highlight reel of, um, you know, the TEDx Women's Gateway event that we put together here at Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. We're so grateful and thankful to Mish Hancock for including us mm -hmm. and letting us have a spot to meet women listeners because we did meet some people who are fans of the show. That's right. And we even met mm. future guests. Future <laughs> guests we had on the show. But we really, mm -hmm. we wanted to bring to you guys some of our best conversations that we had during the event. That's right. And, and these are just women that were just walking around the crowd and we roped them in. We're like, hey, let's talk. And they were, like, they were so lovely to share their time and perspective and be so free. 
Which is kind of like how, you know, we are in St. Louis. We are filled yeah. with dynamic women who are doing amazing things. And you never know if you reach out and touch one of them on the shoulder, have that conversation, your worlds can like be expanded infinitely. And I know our worlds have been expanded doing this podcast and being at the TEDx event. It was fantastic. So we will be back next week starting season four. And um, season I hope four. Season- oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. So I hope you've enjoyed today's bonus episode. And we will see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.